Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your fill of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. I am joined today by Emma Kisby, Managing Director at Kogo. And in this episode, we are going to talk about open banking. So Emma is going to share everything she knows about open banking with us and how it works at Kogo. Hi, Emma. Hey, Karen. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to to have you on the podcast. We were saying that we connected in November and... (laughs) In the deepest, darkest point of everyone trying to work out whether we were going to get Christmas together. And uh, and we didn't, but now we're in a much better place. <laughs> Hopefully this Christmas will be safe. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, can I just invite you to introduce yourself? Yeah. So as you said, I'm the managing director of Kogo. Um, I actually have worked for a big chunk of my career in kind of customer data analytics. I've worked with quite a lot of big grocers like Sainsbury's and Tesco and other retailers about how they use customer data to help basically make better business decisions and and kind of uh, also influence consumer behavior, basically to sell more products. So I've kind of seen firsthand the power of kind of customer data analytics. And I absolutely love it. You know, we all think we're all very unique. And actually, there's so many behaviors that we share. So um, it's always been a real area of kind of um, enjoyment and passion for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I absolutely love customer analytics. It's definitely where where my passion sits. You mentioned that you are in customer analytics working with the likes of Sainsbury's. How did you go on and, and move to Kogo? So I didn't go straight. I worked at a business called Amia and um, that was predicated on, on kind of translating this customer data into commercial benefit, basically. And then I moved from there to Virgin and um, I did a stint working at Virgin Management, the family office of Richard Branson. And there I kind of really saw the power of purpose. I worked with this wonderful woman, Charlotte Goodman, who is the director of purpose there. But where Virgin was brilliant is about putting purpose at the heart of business and how that can actually not just be a kind of side thing but it can actually be a core lever kind of kind of your commercial proposition and so it didn't feel like purpose was such a side thing and I think I'd seen always that idea about kind of the power of customer data and then combining that with my experience of virgin of purpose those two bits came together and I was approached by Ben the founder of Kogo who basically had this open banking platform that obviously we'll go and talk about but the cool, cool thing about it was it, it's able to give consumers their access to their data back to them to help them inform their decisions and in Kogo's case that's used to make kind of better ethical and sustainable decisions so that combination of purpose and customer data analytics all packaged up in kind of data for good was really the reason that I joined Kogo. I love that it's just Nowadays, we talk so much about purpose and how we can integrate that in our work rather than having it as a side hustle. And the fact that you're able to do that actually is just amazing. But what is it that Kogo does exactly? So um, Kogo is an open banking platform. um, And basically what that means is that uh, anyone, you, me, whoever, can go in and link any one of your bank accounts up to the platform 
and it basically helps you understand the impact of your spend. So what we say is that Kogo shows you how your spending aligns with your social environmental values. So what we do is we track your spend and we say we show you your carbon footprint. For example, it's highly personalized in real time. We can show the impact of your spend against businesses who share their values, for example, a living wage business like Brewdog, for example. And then we also then help you beyond tracking is kind of not just understanding, also help you kind of reduce your impact. So that can be either reducing your carbon emissions, like switching to a renewable energy provider or changing your diet, but also in terms of making better decisions about businesses that you buy with. And there's so many amazing purpose first businesses, you know, like Hewi and and um, mud jeans and, and these amazing businesses are coming through that are, have kind of their whole proposition has been driven by creating solutions to the climate crisis or kind of addressing social purpose. So we have this whole aspect of helping people discover these businesses. And basically, we're all about consciously spending. I'm always listening to you and thinking, oh, my God, if I were to connect that to my to my bank account. You would go crazy with what I've been spending on with all this lockdown. I can't rem remember ever using Just Eat and other delivery services that much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've all been aware of that. I, and and I think this is a really important point for Kogo. This isn't about being judgmental and, and this isn't, you know, kind of looking and, and judging you and where you're spending, who you're spending. It's just empowering you to do that consciously and just being aware. There's a really lovely um, quote by Anna Lappe, and I'll probably get the exact um, quote wrong, but it's around every pound you spend is kind of a vote for the future that you want to live in, the future planet you want to live in. And, and that's kind of where it is, is it's not to say there's right or wrong decisions or, you know, to stop you going on holiday or stop spending with just eat it's just saying be really conscious about your overall spend and kind of the impact and, and especially helping those people who feel really confused so there's lots of consumers that we're seeing there was a survey by Accenture and it said 68% of consumers are actively looking for companies to help them make kind of better ethical choices so people are actively looking for it and it's to help those people to actually say yeah you know this is important to me but I just kind of don't know where to stand to start and I really want to understand and I need help and that's where Kogo fits in. Yeah very helpful because also if you start looking at it yourself you're going to spend probably months looking for everything or if you have a company already helping you with that uh, th that's really great. So you mentioned open banking we said we were going to talk about it. Open banking has been around for what two or three years? Exactly right. So um, open banking was brought in in January 2018. It was a regulation brought in by the government on banks. And in essence, it's, it's to help you, the consumer, to have greater control over your own financial data. So previously, it was only the, really the banks who kept a record of everything you'd spent or borrowed. And, and this is kind of a paradigm shift. And it gives you the opportunity to safely and securely share your bank data to help you make better decisions. And that can be kind of, you know, budgeting, it can get, get be getting a better mortgage rate. But at Kogo, we've used that to encourage people to link their bank account. And we have up to 35 different bank accounts and credit cards. And then we will then feed back to you kind of how your spend aligns with your social and environmental values. I think open banking is opening so many new uh, areas for businesses. What kind of opportunities? So clearly you've had this opportunity at Kogo being able to help people be a bit more conscious about where they're spending and having seeing their impact. Do you have any other examples of where open banking has been useful for the consumers? 
Yeah, I think one of the main areas that you see is um, people being able to budget better. I think I mentioned that having having greater control and also understanding of their finances and, and kind of getting better mortgage rates, you know, opening up that data gives the consumer the power. And that is what's really exciting about opening up this data. But it's also the opportunity to bring all your different bank accounts together in one place. And actually, we're seeing the banks themselves embracing open banking to be able to do that, to make things simpler. So you're not looking at multiple, multiple different bank accounts in multiple different places. So the whole idea is around kind of empowerment simplicity and and better decision making yeah sounds great what's the added value with open banking versus what we've already had because this is all on transactional data everything that you mentioned it the banks had it already what are we bringing more with open banking yeah, so let, let me give you an example from Kogo's perspective. So if you take, for example, understanding your carbon footprint and kind of understand the impact of your spend in terms of carbon emissions, right? If if you only do that through the bank, that is one way. And, and you know, your current account will be a big part of that, but it will give you one dynamic to it and probably a big chunk of it. But actually by bringing in open banking, you can, you can link multiple bank accounts. And therefore, when you look at your carbon footprint, you're not just seeing your bank account, but you're also seeing your credit card, you're seeing your Amex, you're seeing it. And that 360 view of your spend all in one place and so when we use this we then show people you see it in real time you see your carbon footprint you see all your spend in one place and then we're also then able to make some really great recommendations or what we call ethical nudges in order to shift your behavior so that holistic view the 360 view is kind of where for us it's a it's a big opportunity for us to really help people live more ethically so this is definitely bringing customer analytics to a completely different level because, as you mentioned, you do have these 360 view now. So while before everything was in a different place and you couldn't link customers together, now you can actually do that. So in terms of you able to see all the data, isn't that a bit dangerous or...? So um, we, we definitely see that there is a kind of generational split in terms of what people are used to. So there is, um, I believe, the kind, of, the kind of general standard or benchmark for kind of people linking their bank to kind of open banking platforms is around 18%. So people who come on and download and then kind of go on to link their bank account. Some people get very nervous. We actually are really lucky at Kogo and probably because we're very values focused that we have a much higher engagement rate between 50 and 60% of people come on. But there is no doubt there's still this nervousness around kind of open banking and understanding the security around that data and rightly so you know you and I both know the value of data but interesting enough probably people are are more worried about these independent platforms that are authorized by the FCA very secure as secure as anything else out there probably more so than what Google are doing with their data so I think the reality is is there needs to be a clear value exchange there clearly needs to be security um, at the heart of it which is why open banking is FCA regulated and why the government are pushing that but equally there there is also an emotional challenge which is you know there are there are certainly we, we see in our data anyway there is a younger generation who understand that value exchange and understand by giving up their data and what they get back there is an older generation like my mum who would never ever join Kogo, even though you know I work there maybe in a push because she she is very used to kind of her bit her bank in her mind the bank holds the data securely and therefore no one else can do that is no longer the case you know the FCA regulations um apply and there's so much opportunity for people to kind of use these tools and take advantage of the open banking but there is no doubt there's a confidence shift that needs to happen I think maybe on top of that, there might be this thing around, you know, before open banking and all these things, people never actually thought about what was happening with their data. So with their bank's data, so maybe they were thinking the data was there and people were not using it. And now we're telling you, oh, here I can see your data and then giving you recommendations of the back of it. Do you feel like this, this is impacting things as well? 
Oh, massively so. When I started years ago working alongside Tesco, you know, the way that they were using Clubcard data was fantastic, but people weren't really aware. Like I remember talking to my dad and him going, oh, it's amazing. You know, they, they kind of serve me up this treacle pudding off. I love treacle pudding. What a coincidence. And me going, yeah, well, that's because they know that because they use your customer <laughs> data. I think, you know, he would be quite, you know, there's this whole worry about kind of big brother. The reality is, is that I think GDPR has definitely helped in terms of just being more regulation about it. I also feel like kind of, you know, the Amazon effect where people now are very familiar with that you've bought this so you might like this and that's just bringing it more to the fore so the consumers you know understand that there's that value exchange going on but also the the power of that is that it's making life easier it's solving problems for customers and so they're willing to do that data exchange but there is definitely more understanding you know having worked in this for a long time about how businesses now are using their customer data and that kind of attitude towards that value exchange is very different depending on where you sit in generations or kind of what value you're getting or what utility you're getting some people are very happy to give up their uh, data if they get kind of access to something other people want financial exchange so it really depends on that value exchange um, in terms of what sits at the heart of that data but definitely people are much more aware now than ever around how businesses are using their data yeah and uh, i'm getting the coming generations they're going to just know open data was always there for them so <laughs> exactly i mean you look at kind of the monzo revolut users you know there there is um there is definitely that kind of you know gen z and i hate to say the word millennial but the, the kind of younger generation who are just very comfortable with, with that and kind of understand the value and the utility of, of those services yeah and so in terms of that where where do you think it is going to go in the future well, the Khalifa report that was um, kind of published a few months ago, you know, that, that is kind of looking at how how pivotal that is to kind of the growth of the kind of UK economy. I think it's so exciting where it can go. I think there is a, an education and understanding, as we've just talked about, to kind of go alongside that. But there is so much that it unlocks in the fact that it also helps, you know, when I think about how Kogo, we're working alongside some of the banks, we're helping the banks be more nimble because we have a nimbler infrastructure. So we're able to test things and bring things and then we can help the partner with the banks to scale so we're actually working with a couple of the really big banks about how we can share our functions and features through apis to them but we're much nimbler and it takes a lot longer for these big kind of you know oil tankers of the kind of banks to do so it's really helping banks be able to give more services to customers and then work out how they can collaborate and partner so i think it's going to fuel innovation is a big one and and as we say empowerment of consumers yeah i i love what you said about because they're they're big and it takes a bit longer for them to do things. I remember doing a presentation at a university and talking about how we use customer banking data, so all the transactions data from the bank. And someone did ask, why would the bank ask you questions around their data when it's their data and they have it? So the fact, the way you're putting it is that basically you're helping them to have answers faster, but also innovate because you have these capabilities and because you're smaller and you you have these already different mindset, I guess. that That's really great. Let's imagine someone uh, would like to start into with a company that does open banking are, are there any specific skills that you need to have to be there if you're in data i mean I, I think it's a really difficult question to answer it depends what role you're going to go into you know it has certainly helped me coming from a customer data analytics background to think about the power of that data but we have marketeers in our business who help kind of think around the kind of confidence levels and how we kind of take people on that onboarding to give them confidence around things like data security. You know, we've got got kind of uh, data engineers, we've got devs, we've got techs. I think that one of the challenges that I see is that people look at kind of, you know, that term fintech, A, it doesn't really mean anything and people are, oh, and 
and what we see sadly and we um are really we are a massive supporter of bringing more women into fintech and uh, we we support the kind of tech ta- um, talent charter what we see is a lot of women are, are kind of put off by this kind of quite dry fintech environment open banking it sounds very technical and it, and it just puts people off and i think the, the wording that's often used in some of the way that we kind of recruit into this area so there's there's not a great representation of females in this area and equally sadly not a great kind of ambition for lots of women to come into this and it's it's such an amazing opportunity and, and it sounds very technical but it's the opportunities are far bigger than the, to the kind of the technical side so i think the fintech title is very off-putting so don't be put off by kind of fintech it's an amazing opportunity to think around how we empower consumers and change behavior yeah that sounds great uh, and that's a very nice way to end up this episode thank you so much emma for joining me on the women in data podcast karen it was an absolute pleasure thanks very much thank you for listening to the women in data podcast if you don't want to miss the next episode make sure you follow us on spotify apple podcast or on linkedin You can also register to the community for free by heading to womenindata.co.uk. We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy and drop us some feedback or a review. This will help us enhance the content and bring the guests that you want to hear from. Have a great day.